Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Hey, welcome back to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Hey, listen, uh, just real quickly to reiterate what we've said many times here on the program, we are not anti-vax. Here, I'm not. Nope. I got a couple vaccines in my system. Mm-hmm. It's weird. And vaccines have been a wonderful scientific contribution to our way of life here in America and around the world. God bless the scientists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let it be said, we are not against vaccines. Um, but with the COVID vaccine, uh, it, it should be an individual choice whether or not to get it. Uh, we have several st- staff who have had it. Several had COVID our, or the vaccine? Well, both, but uh, almost all of our staff has had COVID of our 120 or so. But uh, And everybody's going to get COVID eventually. So, but I'm saying the uh, COVID vaccination should be a person's choice because uh, you're ta- you're talking about forcing somebody to inject something into their bloodstream that has was rushed through mm-hmm. uh, Operation Warp Speed, and again, I'm not bl- I- I- I'm not uh, faulting those companies, Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson and Moderna and the other ones. They were they were only trying to help. They're trying to help the world get rid of this. Commissioned this. Get rid of this uh, disease uh, or how it was impacting our lives. So they were only doing. President Trump was only had them, you know, on Operation Warp Speed. But the reason it's warp speed is because they're bypassing the normal procedures that have taken place over the decades mm-hmm. to get to a va- to, uh, to an approved vaccine. What didn't they skip animal trials? Yes. On those. Okay. So. Uh, what I'm saying to people who mock those who don't want to get the COVID shot, you mock those, you deride those, you call them hillbillies uh, who don't believe in science. Would you please at least acknowledge to me that this vaccine was created in a matter of months and bypassed the normal procedures that take place, and it's called it was called experimental. Yes. If you would, if you would at least concede that point, because that's very important. Because when they, they they'll say people who don't want to get the COVID vaccine shot call them anti-vaxxers. Yes, it's not fair, but that's how they frame it mm-hmm. to make people who don't want to get the shot look as bad. Make those shame those people. Mm-hmm. Make those people mm-hmm. uh, look bad in the eyes of the general public, so that we can shun them. We can fire them from their jobs. We can cause the military people to lose their pensions, kick them out, give them dishonorable discharge. You see what I'm saying? This is where all this has led. It's divided people. It's not fair and it's not right, but it's divided Americans. And what I'm saying, I'm here in defense of the people who don't want to get the shot for their own personal reasons. Maybe they've already had COVID and they got natural antibodies. Exactly. Okay. That was my situation. I've mentioned this before. It's my situation as well. I, yours too, Steve. I was, I know people are going to find this shocking, but I was, uh, this is, I don't know, two months ago or so, 
I had a friend my age went in the hospital and almost died of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I'm going like, wow, that's scary. Maybe I should go get the, uh, the shot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, you know, before I do that, I'm going to go get an antibodies test. So I went down here to the medical clinic and got an antibodies test. And they said, you got good, an- you, you got a lot of antibodies. I mm-hmm. said, what? I didn't ever even knew I had it. That's right. Yeah. Well, you were in, uh, you were not symptomatic, obviously, but you've had COVID somewhere, mm-hmm. and sometime. Remember so, the day you sneezed? That was yeah. It. So I said, <laughs> so I said, well, I'm not getting the shot then, because yep. I got natural antibodies. Yes. Why do you want to double up? On, That's right. You know, double. That's up. right. So I, I'm just saying that I, 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 these these heavy-handed government uh, bureaucrats and not necessarily a bureaucrat, somebody like the CEO of our country, which is the president, trying to make people who haven't got the, the vaccination shots feel like they're not patriotic or they're not Americans. And he keeps repeating, the president it, it, of the United States, is this terrible. is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah, well, it's not. That's a yeah. lie. Yeah, he's he's trying to divide this country. Yes, that's that's just not true. You want to get the vaccine? You want to get 17 boosters for the next five years? You go for it. Okay, that's your own personal choice. But for people who don't want to do that, they're not the problem. No, uh, they're not the problem because the people who have got the shot are are getting COVID now, mm-hmm. and they're spreading COVID just yeah. like people who haven't got the shot. That's right. That's right. So there you go. You're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Steve Jordal, the uh, next topic we want to cover we have a special guest yeah we do um thank you uh, to dan celia for coming on and talking to us we're going to talk about the supply chain and uh its demise and what's causing it and when it might uh, fix itself or get fixed and uh dan uh welcome to the show hey thanks steve um now i know great to be hey dan how you doing brother Uh, i'm good I know, Dan, that you don't need to be prodded to give an opinion, but let me just throw this into the mix. This is Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. We played this last hour. We're going to play it again for you, Dan. I'd like to get your comment on what he's saying, that the blank shelves, the empty shelves, and the uh, the problem, problems with the supply chain signal a strong and growing and vibrant economy. Cut five. Look, uh, part of what's happening isn't just the supply side. It's the demand side. Demand is off the charts. Retail sales are through the roof. And if you think about those images of uh, ships, for example, waiting at anchor on the West Coast, you know, every one of those ships uh, is full of record amounts of goods that Americans are buying uh, because demand is up, because income is up, uh, because the president has successfully guided this economy out of the teeth of a terrifying recession. Hey, Dan, well, I'm, I'm relieved for one. Dan, what about you? <laughs> Well, I want to thank you for inflicting that pain on <laughs> yeah. me. It's the least on all of us. It's the least I could do. <laughs> My gosh. Well, what's he I talking mean, about? What's he talking about there, Dan? He's trying to he's trying to say uh, the supply chain breakdown is a sign that so, so the supply can't meet the demand? Is that, that That's that, what he's trying to say. That's what he's saying. Is that true? Um, no, it's it's so ridiculous. He doesn't even say that with any kind of conviction right. whatsoever. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's so ridiculous, and nobody, even in the administration, with the exception of him, is really saying that demand is high. You only have to look at the economic numbers that we've gotten out over the last two months. It has been 
horrifying. There's nothing good there. And the only thing that is good doesn't have the right correlating numbers that would indicate that it's good because the economy is growing. Yes, there's penned up demand. There's also penned up taxes that we're going to get clobbered with. There's penned up inflation that we haven't seen the full effect of yet. We had a trucking delivery transportation problem, rail and trucking, for the last four years. And it's been exacerbated to the point of what seems like no return. Ships are piled up not because of longshoremen strikes, Ships are piled up because there's no place to set down a container because the trucks can't get it out of there fast enough and it's not going to change and there isn't any dramatic demand anywhere in any economy that I know of and I'm looking at all the international economies as well. This is just uh, ridiculous to think that this supply chain can be fixed. This president and this administration has taken the greatest economy in the nation's history and after the pandemic had its way with that great economy is going to continue to drive it further and further in in the ground. And, you know, some of the proof of that is when you hear a CEO who is, by the way, turning his back on his own ideology and presidential uh, hopeful and say, uh, the CEO of Delta Airlines and saying, hey, forget all these mandates. We're not doing it. It's ridiculous. We'll make provisions. We are not going to impose mandates on our employees. And isn't it odd that this morning that Southwest said, oh, yeah, by the way, we're, we're, we're not going to enforce it either anymore. Really, do you think? Because they just lost about $14 billion, uh, million. So, you know, it, it, it is all coming to a head. Uh, I think it's only going to take one or two more big CEOs. The Delta CEO really changed the dynamic yesterday, um, Monday yes, morning. Yes, Really changed it. Because there's going to be others that are going to that are going to you know say they're going to, they're going to reverse they're going to reverse themselves on this because they can't afford to lose ten to twenty percent of their staff no uh, and their employees and their pilots these yes. airlines I'm talking pilots. about yeah. yeah let me yeah. ask you this and then Fred has a question what are there is there a shortage of truck drivers in America right now uh, uh, yeah Dan yeah, and, there's and, a and if so why shortage. why is that why is that yeah, that's, it started about four or five years ago with moving uh, all the oil out of the Permian Basin and the, and the, uh, um, uh, the, Black, the, the Black Hills or the foothills of North Dakota. And so, you know, where the, where the rail cars fell short, they were picking up the slack with, with drivers, you know, with truck drivers. And the tanker, the tank truck driver, the tankers and the flatbed uh, truck drivers were, were making a ton of money and they couldn't get enough of them. And so that kind of started it. Then I think we went through a little bit of a burnout period. These truck drivers were, were uh, just, you know, constantly driving. And 
we we lost some of our rail system and now we have a situation where we're shutting down pipelines so we've shut down the keystone pipeline we've shut down a nat gas pipeline going into new york and into new jersey another one going into new jersey we're trying to do away with all the the uh fossil fuel that we can and that's going to put more pressure on the truck drivers where there's already been there there's been a shortage for some years so um <clears throat> it, they they need to do a couple things they need to lower the age the driving age to 18 you know these guy these 18 year olds can carry a gun and die for us they can drive a truck what is age and now they, 21 21 okay yeah so they need to lower that age and they probably need, even if it's just for emergencies, they've got to increase. So they've got, I think, an 11-hour uh, minimum. They've got to add at least another hour or, or two to that maybe uh, for, for um, some, some of these drivers. That would probably help in the short term, and they could do that for a very short period of time. You know what the global concern is right now? This is a global problem, Tim. You say truck drivers. I'm not just talking about America. There's a shortage around the world of truck drivers. And you know what the big concern is globally with the economy is trucker burnout. I mean, it's actually a global concern for global economies because they're, they're a wreck just thinking over what's going to happen if we start to see some real burnout and uh, choke the supply bottlenecks even more. So it's that's I mean, that's one of the problems. I mean, it's a it's a huge concern. Uh, the other problem is <clears throat> even in with a lot of uh, transportation, we've got a lot of goods all hitting at one time. And that alone creates a bottleneck. And when you look at satellite pictures of Chinese ports, I mean, you can't even see any blacktop hardly. They have so many containers stacked up ready to go let alone what's already on ships. So um, it, is, uh, it, it is a huge concern. But it's it a multifaceted problem is what you're saying. And it, you're, saying, it you're saying, to be fair, this precedes Biden. Oh, it does. Oh, it okay. absolutely does. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the, but I he's, mean, but he's exacerbated it. Yeah, the pandemic really, really exacerbated it big time. So gotcha. um, it, it is, uh, it's a huge problem. But when you sign up to be president of the United States, guess what? It becomes your problem. And if, it's America, your problem. if America continued to see, uh, there are 66, Fred, there are 66 cargo ships yes. at anchor. At anchor off of LA. Uh, off, off LA the and uh, Long Beach. And, the, and yeah. the problem, Dan, is Fred here. The problem, too, is also building in Singapore where you have ships trying to get into Singapore to get a load to come out of there, but they can't do that. So everything is, backing all, up. is all backed up. Dan, I, I, I had another question for you. How, you know, uh, increasing the problem in, in this is all the money people are getting not to work. And, and that has to play into all of this as well. You mean this is why you're talking about all the restaurants and, and people who can't find employees? Yes, Joe Biden is competing with the private sector because he's giving people so much money not to work. Is that? Yeah, I mean, the money, the cash flow in general is a problem. It's a huge problem. Um, yeah, with individuals, 
um, and and you add on to the money they're receiving, what's making it worse for the administration, that when they receive all this money, and then at the very same time, and I said this was going to happen in January, there's the hunker down, down mentality is starting to kick in. Because now you add the concern to the... Uh, uh, about the economy, I'm never going to get a job mm. or I don't want a job or that's one thing, but I'm never going to get a job or I'm going to lose the job I have because the economy is going to slow down. They start to hunker down a little bit and stop spending the money. And then we see shelves going bare and there's nothing that they can spend it on. And it, it's a big problem. Now you've got companies like Procter & Gamble this morning announcing that, and yesterday morning I talked about it, because yesterday small business and large business uh, alike announced that they were going to get ahead of the curve, meaning they were going to start raising prices now on everything across the board. Procter & Gamble comes out this morning and say consumer staples are going to start to go up a minimum of 10%, right out of the chute, like in the next week or so, they're cutting back on uh, because of their costs. They're, they're, they're saying, they're admitting that they're not really incurring these extra costs yet, but they want to start raising now to change the behavior of people. They're not, I'm saying this, to change the behavior of people so they get used to the prices just continually going up in a steady stream rather than getting clobbered all at once. So inflation is going to create more of a hunger down mentality even as the money is flowing so what we have right now that we had we've had in the last five months is too much money because of the federal reserve and the printing we have too much money chasing too few goods and that's a recipe for major inflation so we've got 22 trillion dollars on the sidelines all trying to come into markets or waiting to come into the markets and you've got uh, money coming into the markets and the, going to companies that they can't do anything with, and we don't have enough goods to meet up with demand of the money that's out, <clears throat> out there, and you've got international money coming in here to the tune of another $30 trillion, or will like to at some point in time. Yeah. It's got to be dramatic inflation. Dramatic inflation, again, going back to consumers, for us, hunkering down. I'm going to wait till costs come down. I'm going to, it's costing me so much money to put gas in my car. I'm going to hoard whatever I can hoard. We've destroyed this, this president single-handedly has destroyed fossil fuel. And now he's got the nerve to go to American oil companies and say, Hey, we need your help. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know. His first day in office, he shuts down the Keystone pipeline. Right, oh, and four way, weeks later, four weeks later, he's begging Saudi Arabia to pump more oil, and Russia, and Russia, Be begging the it's insane. Our, our, it's an insane. Our two enemies. It's, it's, uh, it he's controlled by the uh, left wing uh, quote environmental activist. One other and question. I got to just yeah, make go a disclaimer here. So I say that we had a trucking crisis, but let me just say this: even with the trucking crisis four years ago, we had the greatest economy mm -hmm. we've ever had. So I say that to say, let's not, uh, I don't want to give Biden, you know, too much uh, grace here. He, he, the problem is still, 
an administration that wants to tax everybody's profits away, that we're going to have a 15% international tax on top of that, probably by mid-year next year. And everybody and the companies know that. And we've got a major shortage mm-hmm. in, in uh, labor force around almost in every sector. One final question, Dan. Dan Celia, we're talking to Dan Celia from Financial Issues. We heard each morning here on AFR from 8 to 10 o'clock Central Time. Uh, I was looking at a, a chart somebody sent me last night of all the foods, uh, individual foods that have uh, been rising the cost of at your grocery stores. Or another uh, One thing that shocked me and stood out and uh, was alarming, quite frankly, to me was bacon. And uh, bacon had the number one inflationary number. And I'll move to China if I got to get bacon. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm saying, Dan. Don't mess with bacon. Dan, I, I think we need to start a new political party. Mm-hmm. And this one issue, people say you can't win on one issue. You say bacon is going to be a shortage in America. You watch how people cross lines to Make vote. Make bacon great again. You know again. what? We could call it the hog party. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Dan. I'm with you, brother. Oh you gosh. be the president. I'll be the VP. We'll run right, together okay. on the hog party platform. I like okay, it. save I like bacon. It. Save your bacon, save America. Bacon. <laughs> save your bacon. Okay. All right, Dan. Uh, all right. Just I thank you for all it. the happy news, Dan. We appreciate you sharing, <laughs> sharing with welcome. us this morning. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Bye. Hey, people. Join boats for the hog party and save your bacon. That's a slogan. Do you like that slogan, Fred? Save your bacon, yeah. Save your bacon. That's an easy one to remember. I can see it on billboards across the country. (laughs) Yes. Save your bacon. uh, All right, Steve. You're left with three minutes well, of uh, prime time space. Go ahead, go. Steve. Let's send congratulations out to the United States Navy. They have their first four-star woman admiral. Is and that his, right? Is, and his name is Rich is Rachel Levine. Oh, come on, man. You just ruined it for him. I was about I to sip coffee. Yes. What did you just say? You his said name it. is Rachel Levine. Oh, is he that? Uh, the first, he's the transgender secretary of, uh, assistant secretary for health at the U.S. Public Health Service. He's, and an, ad, they, uh, they, he's an admiral? They just, they just installed him into the Navy as a four-star admiral. So, you know. Wait a minute. Is that like uh, a uh, symbolic thing or is that? Uh, no, they got a saluter. Is he? Him. Okay. What now? They have to salute him. Uh, sailors. It's would. a he. I it's, said yes, no, yeah, no. I'm not scolding <laughs> right. you. I'm saying it's a he. We're being gaslighted again. This is a man who calls himself a woman. Now, if you want to put it like that, I got no problem with that. But don't tell me this is a woman. This is not a woman. This is, and you can look at him and tell, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's a woman. He's a man who says he is a woman and dresses like a woman. And so forth. So, uh, but what? Uh, so he's been in the Navy all these years? No, no, never been in the Navy before. But because of his position in the health service, it's like the uh, the um, you Surgeon jump- General is is part of the uh, okay. military. I don't understand all that, but we don't have time to get into it. What you what what, what else you got there? Well, um, let's uh, thank you to. You got uh, sixty seconds. All right. Uh, we're always exploring new ways to do warfare. Well, China yeah. has a new way to do warfare. Thanks to our, uh, we know this thanks to our friends at the Babylon Bee. 
Instead of traditional warfare, Chinese military are not going to be trained to shout the wrong pronouns at American troops. We're driving crazy. <laughs> Where'd you get that? That's the Babylon, from the Babylon Bee. Bee. A satirical website. Your fake news website of the day. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Steve. My pleasure. Thank you, Fred. Good to be here. Uh, thanks to Chris and Dan and Brent. Brent Creeley is our producer. Uh, have a great day, everybody. We shall keep listening to American Family Radio, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.